Here we go, another edition of the DC Sports Huddle. Rob Woodford, George Wallace, Dave Preston, yours truly, Dave Johnson. We get going this week with the Washington football team, and really no surprise. I, I, I think uh, what happened on Sunday, we were hoping the defense would be better. I didn't feel though it would be against Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. So where do we stand right now, Rob Woodford? Because you're grinning in dental pain right now. I, I, I will, we'll let you have the first crack at it because you know, I, I predicted a 35-24 scoreline. Because I, I, did, I, I thought Josh Allen and the Bills would do what they did, basically. I mean, so did I. But I, I think we, to a man, said that they weren't going to get blown out. And lo and behold, they got blown out. So I think that's what is uh, disturbing about the whole thing is that if you can't hang with the Chargers and you can't hang with the Bills and you barely, I'm not going to even call the Giants game a win. That was a not loss. You, I mean, what th- this team is showing that they can't really compete with good teams. So they have a really difficult schedule. I know it's really premature to call a week four game a must win, but if you don't beat the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday – a team that ranks uh, toward the bottom in the league in uh, in every offensive category. I mean, it, it, th- th- this needs to be a get-right game for the Washington defense. If they can't get right, and, and this is not a diss against uh, uh, Matt Ryan, this just speaks to how difficult their schedule is coming up. So if you can't stop Matt Ryan, and if he carves you up, then what's Patrick Mahomes going to do? He might set some records. <laughs> so let's, uh, you know, th- th- this is a this is a must win. And I-, I hate to say that so early in the season, but uh, if this team has any designs on doing anything relevant, they need to win this game. It is a must win, and, and the defense has to be some kind of shadow of, of last season if there is to be a season for this Washington football team because, for my mind, we're seeing with the Washington offense, whether it's Taylor Heineke or Ryan Fitzpatrick, it, this is a 20 to 24 point offense. You've got to, you're going to, we knew going in, you're going to have to win with defense. So that's not happening. Uh, and yeah, they're an offside call away from being 0 3. So mm-hmm. I think you're uh, not loss is a good way to turn that Giants game. George? Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, you don't want to say must win in week four, but come on, let's be honest. I mean, this defense hasn't shown anything. I mean, it's, it's, you, you hate to say that. There's too much to fix to save this season, but I mean, we're looking that way as we're heading uh, heading in that direction. Especially as Rob mentioned the the schedule, which gets after that, and you got Saints, Packers coming up. You got the Chiefs, uh, Bucks. I mean, where do I you know, keep going? Seahawks. Uh, you know, it's just going to be brutal from here on out. So, uh, you know, and and for me, it's like, you know, you hear the defense before the season talking about how last last year meant absolutely nothing if you don't continue to build on this year well they're not even playing close to last year i mean you have and ron has said it a couple of times you have 11 guys doing 11 different things and that just should not happen you can't have guys freelancing like they're doing right now they're not good enough to do that i mean and they shouldn't be uh you know watching film and thinking they should be able to do that so that's kind of concerning and uh you know if i'm jack del rio i'm I'm not even close to happy ron rivera is not happy either i mean and and it's it's telling the way Rivera mentioned a couple of times that he's worried about looking at the tape and seeing that guys not learning from the mistakes from a week ago. And that's, um, you know, that's just, that's rookie stuff right there. I mean, this defense should be way further along than that. Yeah. Okay. Josh Allen's good. Fine. He's 358 yards, four touchdowns, but another nine of 15 on third down 480 yards of offense. At some point you gotta, you, you gotta 
stop thinking about the fact that the quarterback's really good. And how about thinking of yourself as an elite defense and, and having some pride trying to get off the field. So for me, not the offense at this point, you know, Antonio Gibson uh, broke out a little bit last week. Taylor Heineke is what he is. You know what he's going to be. McLaurin is the same thing for me. It's all about the defense right now, especially as Rob mentioned, the unit that was supposed to carry you at least early in the season while the offense gets its feet under him and maybe win ball games, 20 to 17, things like that. But you're giving up 30 points a game and fi- almost 500 yards a game. We, we, don't, we don't like that around here. <laughs> no. Well, and, and again, uh, I think Taylor Heineke is going to learn from his look, the two interceptions, yeah. it happens to whatever uh, we, uh, I'll say yeah, it again. We it, it, that's the thing. It's so bad that the quarterback is the least of their concerns, right? right. The offense no, is not... about what we expected yeah. it to be, and yeah. the defense is woefully underachieving to the point where they're not even competitive in games. That is the is, is the crux of their issues, and uh, they can't they they can't get right if uh, if the defense isn't a part of that. No, but the talent that's there—that's the thing. And yeah, the, right. Also, exactly. With with. Is it is it the undisciplined? Is it the the line? He go he, we go back to the first week. You know, eleven uh, guys trying to or one guy trying to do eleven things versus eleven guys trying to do one thing. As yeah. George mentioned, the freelancer. I mean, that's that's the Rubik's cube we're dealing with right now. As I use a David ref, ref, reference. And you know what? You know what uh, reminds me? Whenever I hear the word freelancing, the first person I think of is Lavar Arrington, because that it. is what we heard. You know, because he was ridiculously talented, ridiculously talented, fast and all the things that you love in a linebacker, but he freelanced. And so uh, that was the reason why, you know, his career in Washington kind of went sideways. And so, you know, you can't just have talent. It's about, especially in football, you know, you can skate on talent in basketball in some ways. You can skate on talent in other sports. Uh, football is not it. It's about being in the right place at the right time. And if you get to the wrong place faster than everybody, that's still not good. So, <laughs> And if, if you end up freelancing like LeVar Arrington, you end up hosting a radio show. So it doesn't, it doesn't end well. They pressed away. Sort this out. Well, I mean, two things that were really disturbing to me, and I wrote it in uh, the Burgundy and Gold grab bag that was on uh, WTOP.com this week for Washington was one too many defensive backs are making too many tackles. Three of the top four tacklers this past Sunday were DBs. And when that happens, it usually means one of two things. One, your first two levels aren't getting the job done against the run game. Or two, you're allowing too many completions in your secondary, whether it's passes in front of you or you're getting beaten. And that just that was the case this past Sunday. It wasn't just the 480 yards that George pointed out, but the 312 that they allowed in the first half. And that wasn't even the worst thing of the whole thing for me. The 17-play, 93-yard, 8-minute, 17-second, soul-sucking possession in that third quarter that just made you want to cry in your beer, even if you didn't have a beer. made you want to go out and buy a six-pack so you could cry into each each Soul-sucking. It was just – and that was bad. Um, we talked a little bit about third down. They're the second to worst team in the league at getting off the field on third down. And they'd be even worse if they didn't count those two kneel downs uh, where they, uh, the Chargers didn't convert a third down. Same case with the Bills this past Sunday because the game was over. They're just trying to get out of there healthy. So they'd be even worse if they didn't do that. This past Sunday, the Bills were three for three on third and long. That's third and seven plus plus. 
that first possession, Washington's doing things right. There's a penalty. They got a third and 15 from the Bills 20, and lo and behold, a 23-yard completion. The seeds of victory were sown on that first possession, that first drive. And it's disturbing because you look at the talent that is allegedly on this roster, and the whole defensively is less than the sum of its parts. And I don't know if it's a byproduct of a big case has been made about how young this roster is defensively. So maybe there are more guys on this roster who aren't as talented, but who might be more talented than older guys, but they're less disciplined. And so maybe there's a little more freelancing. Maybe they needed that one more veteran on that roster in the back seven uh, to kind of keep the other guys uh, honest, maybe be a bit more of a, 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 a cop in practice that then translate towards Sunday. Um, but again, the problem is defensively guys. And even though the, the offense is not going to win you games, uh, they can't lose games. I think that uh, the question with Taylor Heineke moving forward is his troubles this past Sunday against the bills. Was it, or is it, is that part of the growth of a young quarterback still finding his feet? Cause he still hasn't started a ton of games for this team, or is it the byproduct of defenses finally having tape? on this guy, and now they're not fooled, whereas the first couple games they maybe were. All right. Can, I mean, they can get right against the Falcons, though, defensively, in theory. Right? I think so. We- I think so. The Falcons are near the bottom of the league in just about every offensive category. They're offensive, but not in the way you'd like for a team to be. Uh, the <laughs> yeah, key I mean, is, against, uh, can, can they get to Matt Ryan? Uh, the Falcons, I guess, have allowed seven sacks so far this season. That's middle of the pack. Bergen Eagle pass rush, only six sacks. One of them, I think, has come from one of their defensive backs, which, you know, that's cute, but you can't guarantee on 17% of your sacks coming from the back line of your defense. They've got to do something this week to get to the quarterback, cause some disruption, and get off the field on third down. Because not only are they not good at getting off the field on third down, they're the worst team in the league at moving the chains when they have third down. So uh, a lot on their plate. The way that the NFL is this year, though, the way it is every year, it's a week-to-week snapshot uh, league. I have, I, I think they actually win this week. I, I think they go down to Atlanta and they provide, uh, you know, Washington football team nation a little more hope. Yeah, yeah. and think- they need to because you know it's look, it's it's if you want to be any sort of uh, uh, semblance of what this defense is supposed to be or what you think this is supposed to be this year. You got to have some pride and you got to go down and beat Atlanta. There's no questions about it. Uh, you know, forget the last three weeks as Dave, as Dave just mentioned, it's a week to week thing, new quarterback, new offense, just play a game and get a win. doesn't matter how you do it, but, but you have to step up as a defense, as a whole, no more talking, no more as Chase Young talking about the BS and Jonathan Allen, this and that, we got to play that. You got to do it. Just do it. No more talking. There's four weeks in now. There's no excuse. And, on and somebody has to emerge need to as a leader win comfortably. I mean, the defense needs to be the reason why they win on Correct. Sunday. Like Correct. they can't. Like if they go out there and they give up thirty points, and Matt Ryan has a big day, and they eke out a win, thirty-three thirty, that's still worrisome for me. And again, I well, think uh, yeah. they made a good point. They Preston made a good point about uh, <laughs> somebody needs to emerge as a as a leader. I understand yeah. it, it's it's a you know you're, you're talking. Uh, bigger rosters, but it reminds me in, in, in basketball where, you know, a Paul Pierce comes to a team and it, it makes a, a difference. It, it's the same thing. I think right now with this Washington football team, you're seeing a, a leadership board. And I'm not talking about the rah-rah things. It's, it's the little 
nuances uh, that can help you through a game that it seems to be missing for this team and, or, or and, they can not correct during the game. And I think it bears pointing out who their team captains are. I mean, Terry McLaurin's been here, what, three years now? Uh, Chase Young was a team captain as a rookie. I'm not saying they're not deserving of that honor. I'm saying that half of their team captains are guys with uh, three or fewer years of experience. So that's, you know, and, and I think it speaks to, and we don't have to delve into this topic today uh, uh, in particular, but I think it speaks to the way that this roster was built. They really emphasize getting younger. And to me, uh, th there needs to be more of a balance there. You can't just get young guys just to have young guys. They got rid of some really good productive veterans. I mean, they, they right. still needed Adrian Peterson, uh, but they let him go. And, you know, there's a couple of other guys. Um, uh, there were some uh, available free agents uh, out there. Uh, KJ don't Wright. even, don't say it. Don't, don't uh, I'm not going to say, <laughs> I'm <laughs> not going to say it. I was thinking of KJ Wright actually, because I mean, you, you need some help at linebacker. KJ Wright was out there. And uh, that's a guy with Super Bowl experience, a veteran guy. He could have really helped that linebacking core, I believe. And, uh, and, and, and they didn't even bring him in for a workout. So that's the kind of thing is they've been avoiding uh, It seems like they've been avoiding veterans just to avoid veterans and have a young team. But the problem with that is then you're going to have games like we've seen where they're a little less disciplined and, uh, you know, in out of place right. and freelancing and, and so forth. So real quick, the only roster that's really worked as far as going younger in DC is this huddle roster. We've got, <laughs> you know, right. well, and, and, when, and when I say about a leadership void, it's not an indictment on any of the players that are in leadership positions. It's just, as you said, a young team and for new Viewers and listeners of the huddle of the player that Rob is not supposed to mention is Cam Newton, which he's made cases for on WTOP.com. They were, right, uh, you know, if Cam was here. All right, we're into our final <laughs> moments of this week's DC Sports Huddle. Uh, Dave Preston, wow, Maryland, Iowa. Did I read that right? If they have a chance to get a, a win over a top 10 team for the first time since 2007? Yeah, I think so. The, the problem is that if they play the way they played this past Saturday against State against Kent State, it's not going to happen. They were very sloppy in their win over the Golden Flashes, Dave. This is a huge game for this program. It's year three uh, for Coach Mike Loxley. The last time they hosted a Friday night game uh, with fans was two years ago. They got blown out by Penn State. So, and, and they were on the cusp of being in the rankings, and that showed them, okay, you know what, you're not here yet. Completely different roster. Most of the guys who are here have been recruited for and uh, have uh, been brought in by Loxley. What I like is uh, Talia uh, Tagovailoa. Uh, he leads the Big Ten in passing yards per game. Uh, Maryland also leads the uh, conference in sacks per game. So what I like is that the, the offensive line is keeping their quarterback upright. Their defensive line is getting to the passer. If Maryland is going to be successful in the Big Ten, their offensive and defensive lines need to make that leap this year because otherwise they're just a fancy team with wide receivers who, hey, Jayshon Jones, DJ Moore, Stefan Diggs, great guys, but they're accessories and they, they need to be successful in the Big Ten. Their offensive and defensive line really both need to make uh, a statement this Friday against Iowa. I think they've got a shot, but until they do make a statement, I, I, I'm still going to be wary about this team in this. Yeah, program. I agree. I think, look, Iowa's only three and a half point favorite, but this is uh, a, a beatable team. Uh, Dave, what was the stat yesterday? They're averaging 29 points a game or something close to yeah. points a game, right? So 
for me, it's a defense for Maryland. But look, and, and Mike Loxley, I'll use whatever you need to use. As he said yesterday, basically, we're still the stepchild. Can't, still twice Friday night in three weeks until we get over the hump. Do that. Well, then do it. Then just stop talking about it. Do it. Use this as a perfect example. Play should be juiced, at least for the beginning of the game. Let's just don't make sure your students and your crowd isn't going by halftime and stay in the game, unlike you were two years ago. Uh, and, and go out and, and make a program, a program, sta- a, a, a program win, a statement win for this program under Mike Loxley in year number three. And it is doable. It is the number five team in the country, yes. But I think that the fact that it's only a three and a half point spread and the way Maryland's offense is capable of playing, they should they 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 could go out and get the win on Friday night. And that could be fun. Can we have some fun, please? Yeah, so, yeah, and I remember that Penn State game because I was doing live shots with the six on NBC four. I was canceled by the eleven o'clock. There was no mm. eleven o'clock update on that. <laughs> Rob, so, Rob, was, you're, so is so is Maryland. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Rob, your final thought for this week on what whatever is on your mind. Uh well, uh last night in I, I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't uh touch on uh Ryan Zimmerman and what could very well be because the, by the time this the next episode of this airs, uh, it'll be, the season will be over for the Nationals. But um, there was a lot of talk on uh, Tuesday night about whether or not uh, that start would be among his last or his last. Um, You know, he's not made a decision yet, but, uh, you know, it's hard to kind of see him walk away after such a lost season. Uh, I think a guy who's got that kind of pride and just the way he's talking to me, if you start thinking about retirement, and this is the old saying, you start thinking about retirement, you've already retired. The fact that he's still musing about continuing to play tells me he's probably leaning towards uh, running it back for another season. Now, whether you want to do that for a rebuilding team, I mean, that's sort of a, a bigger question. And whether the team wants him back uh, when they're at a time when they're trying to get younger, much like the Washington football team. So, um you know, I, I, I hope that he gets the uh, send off, even if it's not an official send off. Uh, I hope he gets the send off he deserves against the Red Sox. And uh, he at least gets to start that last game. And, uh, you know, knowing him and his penchant for the, uh, the, the dramatic, I'm sure he'll hit like a walk off home run in what could very well be his last game. Yeah, and and he also- could eliminate the Sox with that walk off home run. <laughs> yeah. too. Don't, don't, don't think that we're not focused on those standings it's wicked hard to win in washington and, and we're and baltimore apparently it, <laughs> yeah the, ba- the baseball races have been just tremendous to, to keep up uh, with that especially that the boston yankee stuff and again with ryan zimmerman he's not costing a lot and won't cost a lot going forward and we were just talking about a leadership vacuum on the washington football team so if you if he's willing uh to come back for another season i i'd want him in that dugout for the young team so i, and, I think that that's something that it would be a benefit uh, because he, he wasn't, you know, he's not going to be an everyday player, not an everyday right. player this year. And that was never in the plan. But as long as we truly appreciate Ryan Zimmerman this weekend, it might be his last. But he's also saying the right thing about, you know, uh, he was talking about, you know, get to December and, you know, you uh, we see where you are. When you get to the end of the season, you're ready to retire, period. Anyway, yeah. and you get to December, you're thinking, you know what, this staying at home is not all that it's cracked out to be, cracked up to be. Uh, and Mike Rizzo said on another radio station, he says, Ryan Zimmerman will always have a place on a Mike Rizzo team. Right. So sounds like the, sounds like the, you know, the choice is, is Zim's if he wants it. Yeah, well, and that's probably the way it should be. Yeah. Uh, again, that does it for this DC Sports Huddle. Thanks for connecting with us with Dave Preston, George Wallace, Rob Woodfork. I'm Dave Johnson, and that's the best we could do this week. We'll try better next week. Great.